Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Physically, a short-legged, dumpy build, pot tummy, short upturned nose, and a generally fat, roundabout appearance. It's pretty much like a description you never want to hear about yourself. <laughs> dumpy appearance. Dumpy build, <laughs> short leg, <laughs> upturned nose, and, and a generally fat, roundabout appearance. It sounds like me. <laughs> Temperament wise, part, he but. is delightful. Uh, he's got a and you can just a, feed me scraps. A generally, I'm not a generally fat, roundabout appearance, <laughs> but you are delightful. Lately, winter's been hard on me. <laughs> I, I was meant your hair. Everyone oh, yeah. talked about your hair. Everybody can hear. Yes. See? Say hello. Good? hello. Let us know. Good afternoon. Hey, you beat me to it. I did, because you always say good morning. We've had a crazy morning. I don't even know if I would call it a good morning. It was a, it was a fun morning. I mean, we've had worse. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Homesteading, we've had worse mornings. <laughs> that should be a shirt. <laughs> that's, yes. We've had worse. Um, I woke up this morning. I always wake up pretty early. I try to get some work done on the computer first before everybody, all the kiddos wake up and it gets noisy and we've got barn work to do. And I usually wind up checking the wise cameras that we have set up around the homestead. Just to, you know, hey, what's going on? We have, you know, different stalls, different things happening. You're going to hear today some exciting stuff going on. And we, I'm going through. Checking on everyone. Checking on everyone. And I knew immediately, the we have one shot in the barn. In the middle of the barn. Runs right down the center. And when the doors are closed and everything's as it should be, <laughs> it's dark in there and the actual night vision has to kick on. Well, I clicked the middle of the barn and it was like blinding Celestial. Sunlight. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Uh oh That means the back doors have been opened. Yeah. Which they shouldn't be. No. Unless something has opened them. And we had an animal in there last night that did just that. We have a nice Instagram. If you don't follow us on Instagram, you guys get the Instagram thing ready. Give me a thumbs up when it's ready to go. Um, if you don't follow us on Instagram, we have a link below for our Instagram account. You should follow because usually the things that go wrong and I don't have time to grab a camera because I got to like capture the animal that escaped. That's what winds up on Instagram. Instagram should be called Homesteady Fails. <laughs> Let's follow along on my exciting journey this morning to retrieve an animal before I've had my coffee or done my hair. This should be a fun start to <laughs> the day. We have a live stream at the YouTube channel today at about 12.30 Eastern time, so don't miss that. Uh, it's morning time. You can see the roosters are crowing. It's a beautiful spring morning. I just checked our wise cams. We have wise cameras monitoring the whole farm all over the place. Chicken tractors. Uh, I was checking on a couple pigs that we brought inside and they busted the door open in the barn. And uh, well, I don't know where they are. 
they busted the door open and the gate open and now I get to go on to pig hunt first thing this morning. Maybe they're in here? Piggy piggy? Oh, escape pigs on the loose. There's the busted door. Oh, I just found Piggy. <laughs> what is your face? Up by the chicken tractors coming running. Here comes running. Piggy. She sees me, she knows I mean food, so. Pigs, uh, although they're one of the harder animals to keep in because they're strong and they want to get out and find stuff, they're also one of the easier animals to get back because they are very, very food motivated. So, all right, let me see. I got All I need to do is grab a bucket, put a little feed in it, and they'll come running no problem. Hey, piggy, piggy. Hey, piggy, 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 piggy. Come on, piggy. Yeah, the girl. Let's go, piggy. Let's go. You want that food? Come running. Let's go, piggy. Back in. Got the water, got the food, and uh, she's good, all cozy. Oh, I tell you, having those wise cameras is really nice. They're super inexpensive. They're like 25 bucks or something. And I can't tell you how many times, just, you know, wake up in the morning, oh, let's see what's going on in the barn. That's not supposed to be like that. They're really, really a nice little thing. So if you get them and you get them through Amazon, if you type in amsteady.com first, A-M-S-T-A-D-Y.com, it'll forward you on there. You get, uh, we get a little um, forwarding fee. It doesn't cost you a penny extra though. And uh, we put that money towards big all food right, and all so kinds of other fun stuff. <laughs> what you failed to mention, I, I didn't hear it mentioned in that video, where there were two pigs in there when we left last night. <laughs> I didn't even have that second one found on camera. You totally just... It's like, I found a pig. Forget about her. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares where the other one is? We know where she is because uh, she's, her name's Tiny. And Tiny can squeeze into tiny spaces, and I saw what she does. She she can just squeeze in between the electric fence and the uh, oh no, you know the the other fencing. Yeah, she can wear, just squeeze right in there, and she's in with the other pigs. Now we are trying to separate them for what reason? Well, uh, in the future, we have plans for some pig breeding. We we've been working on pig breeding. This is a big deal for us. This is like a first. We've never bred pigs before. We've never wanted to have winter pigs. Uh, but I think COVID was kind of like the, it was so hard to find pigs. We thought, you know what? We love doing these animals. They're a great way to feed our family. Yeah, you, pigs are your favorite for yeah. the homestead. Yeah, they're, they've always been my favorite animal that we've had. And uh, so we decided, let's give it a shot. So we've been Plus, looking into breeders. our youngest, well, our, our second youngest, said, I want a pig. Yeah. And mommy said, okay, honey, we'll get you a pig. That's why, you know, that's why we wound up with the Cooney Coonies in the first place. He wanted pigs and they're small and they're very, very friendly. They're, they're a good breed to have for a little guy. But when you get into the world now that we're kind of trying to enter this breeding thing, uh, it's time to separate them and yeah, manage separate everything. Yeah, separate for 
if they're getting ready to to have piglets, if they if you want them to get interested, the males and females in each with each other, because if you run them all together, it can be that they'll just get used to each other. They won't want to breed. So we'll separate everybody, and when we're ready to breed, bring them back together or ready to have piglets, whatever. So we have some big news you're all here for, you're all guessing. I want to say a quick hello to everybody in the chat box. Uh, I know just from who's here, we have people from uh, Tippy Top in North America. We have people from Saudi Arabia all over the world joining us this morning. And I'd like to say thank you for joining us live. If you guys could hit that thumbs up. We got 170 people watching. Let's get that thumbs up to what? We got uh, at least 100. Cindy and Jack moderating today. Thank, thank you guys you. so much. Yeah. And uh, we already told Jack, email us your shirt size. Cindy, you too. We'd like to send you a home study t-shirt because you're always here helping out with the moderation. And that's important, keeping it clean in the, moder in the chat box, in the moderation box <laughs> some days. Yeah. So we've seen a few people guess correctly. Yeah. Some have guessed alpaca. Some have guessed more camels. No alpaca. Horses, parade. donkeys. Some people guessed goats. They should. Some know people guessed goats because <laughs> you know what some people know. What? That a little girl wants goats. So yeah. they know, given our past history. We were talking about that this morning. That goats may appear again on the homestead. It's mm. um. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I can never get away from goats. Should, Naughty that's grandmas. the one thing you never do with kids is, that's, well, never never say never. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. With human children, kids, or goat kids. Yeah. The correct answer you're going to see in our next video, we take a little trip to Mouse Creek Farm where we are getting mice. That's the next thing. <laughs> it was a giant mouse in the thumbnail. <laughs> Give me the thumbs up when you're ready, guys. We're going to take a little trip to Mouse Creek Farm. I saw that thumbnail, and it, it did look like a rodent. <laughs> I said, oh, we're getting a capybara. <laughs> Can you just introduce yourself and tell us your farm name? This is like, you can see the barn, the piggies, this is perfect. Well, I'm like, what do you want me to say? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Kirsten Border, and this is Mouse Creek Farm, and I raise Idaho pasture pigs. You are perfect, you're ready for YouTube. That was perfect. <laughs> One take, done. <laughs> A friend of mine was raising Idaho pasture pigs, told me I had to have this pig Purely by accident. <laughs> so here you have four paddocks. They're constantly divided by this fencing here? I'll use the Premier One fencing in between, so I can make four into seven. Okay. And do you this go the long way or like this? No, I'll go this way, okay. lengthwise. Because they don't need all this. Like a sow and a litter doesn't need this big a field when the grass is really pushing. So I'll divide this with Premier One fencing. And one sound litter will be on one side, and the other sound litter will be on the other Got side. It. So I can actually have a sound litter up there, sound litter in this one, a sound litter in this one, and then I can use this for feeder pig rotation. So you don't need a ton of acres. These are porta huts. I think they're like two hundred dollars each. I actually bought these used and and rebuilt them. I have 
two houses made out of fiberglass truck caps that I repurposed. I have one house out of an old porch roof that I repurposed. And there's designs for A-frames online uh, to build A-frames. So you don't have to spend a ton of money on housing. Just make sure it's dry, high and dry. We're taking a pig home today. And uh, if you are interested in a pig from Mouse Creek Farm, where do they get a hold of you? Facebook. We'll put a link in the video. Facebook link to Mouse Creek Farm. This has been awesome. Thank you this so much. This has been very enjoyable. Yeah, this is, we learned a ton today. I'm excited because there were some problems we had last year that uh, on the homestead, how we were managing our pastures with the pigs. I got some new ideas. And now we got a new little piggy coming home. So if you want to meet her, stay tuned for our next video. We're going to wait. That'll be our cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs>
than a cow. Than a cow, for sure. Yeah, they're definitely harder than certain animals on pasture. Yes. But when you have had the experience with a more traditional commercial hog on a pasture versus an IPP or these a different, Kuni Kuni. yeah, these different more uh, pasture-friendly pigs, uh, there is a big difference. And if that's something that's important to you when selecting a pig breed, which we're going to talk about. Um, then that's something that you might want to consider. And for us, that is something that's important. Mm -hmm. So yes, he brought home an IPP right. yeah. piglet. Before we get there. <laughs> yes. We we have a bunch of Cooney Coonies right now. Yeah, and we, we have one IPP boar. And we have actually, what, two females and two, no, two females and a uncut male yes, Cooney Cooney. Cooney Cooney. And then we have two feeder cooning coonies. So that's little little new piggy, little new IPP gilt. And our son, because he's the pig, what do we call him? Pig master? Yeah. Uh, named her Piglet. So far. <laughs> I named my IPP boar Ham Solo, and I'm really pushing for pigs, uh, Pig Cesleya. He's not having it right he now. He likes Piglet. He likes so Piglet. Piglet. And I made the mistake of, of allowing him, if he would care for the female, for the gilt. Um, I told him he could have it. So I guess if he if it's his, technically he he's should allowed to name it. Get to name it. But so. like I said, it's definitely a work in progress. The name yeah. it changes daily. Yeah, yeah, it's a start. So <laughs> piglet. <laughs> we talked about it a little bit at the beginning when we first decided to get pigs back because when we moved from Connecticut to Pennsylvania. Yeah, we haven't had pigs since then. We skipped pigs for a year. Couple years. Uh, there was no way we were going to move pigs. And no. we had never bred pigs, so we didn't have any, like, pig stock that we had to... Yeah, so we moved, and every spring you would kind of put out feelers for uh, feeder pigs. Here. Yeah, we'd go to the fair, you'd find people with pigs, oh, do you sell feeders? Yeah, we sell feeders. But we never... It's a really big deal. ...committed to it. If you've ever tried to find, like, feeder, a good source of feeder pigs, somebody who's reliable... Right, who you can tell early in the year I need four and they're going to get you four. Right, that's the hard part. I had one guy that I had talked to at the fair and I said, hey, I want, next year I want four. And he was like, okay, I'll write your name down and I never heard from him. So finding somebody who's got the pigs, make sure it's ready for you, it's it's really, really difficult. And we were really spoiled in Connecticut. Yeah, we had our pig guy. Our pig guy in for Connecticut years. was awesome. We started with him and we never got pigs Pink pigs from anybody else. Yeah. Uh, we would do, we, we tried a Tamworth or some Berkshires, but the ones we loved the best were from Tom Dexter, our pink pigs. Yeah. And we always, if you're ever in Connecticut area, you're looking for a pig guy, we'll give you Tom's. Tom had a bad year this year. Yeah. So, so a lot of pig people in the area up there had a bad year. Yeah. So. So the farming, right? It's so important when you're looking for feeder pigs to find a good source that I've said this time and time again. It doesn't really matter what breed you get. If you're getting feeder pigs, go with your best source of pigs and Some, just take yeah, what they have. Someone local who knows what they're doing yeah. is a really nice source of information. If, they're, if they can get you your feeders, if you can call them and say, hey, this pig's got a cough, what's going on, if yeah. they know what to do, that experience is really so valuable. Yeah, and if you're just getting feeders, you're just raising them for your family, for the table, you're not trying to start a business or something and you're not going to be breeding them. Really, the breed doesn't matter for pig. If they're not good on pasture, put them in a sacrifice area and just leave it be. Um, but now we're considering actually having some pig breeding. And now the breed matters because right. now we got to figure out what do we want to have here year round? What's a good fit for us? And our goal isn't so much 
We were more on the commercial end in Connecticut when we were raising our pink pigs. We needed them done quickly for our customers who were expecting this certain type of pork. um, And they knew, we knew what we were doing up there. But down here it's changed. We're not doing a commercial operation. We're doing it for ourselves and just family. So we really needed to have the right pig for A, our place here, which has a lot of pasture. We don't have a lot of woods. We don't have, at least not close to where the, the barn is. We don't have, you know, a, a spot that we can sacrifice to pigs that are going to just, you know, tear it up real bad. So we wanted to find some pig that would be easier on a pasture. And that was a big key. And so when we were first talking about it and our, our middle son there wanted some pigs, we figured, you know what, Coonies are a perfect fit. They are officially the only grazing pig. And um, uh, and they're small, which meant he could be involved with them more up to a certain point. The boars still get to a size where the kids can't go in with him just because pigs are strong and you never know what's going to happen. Uh, but the gilts are small enough, the, the littler piglets, he can get in with them and help us with them, be involved. And the Cooney Coonies do have some really good pros. There are some things about Cooney Coonies that I really like. And that for some homesteads, it might be a great fit. So first off, if you need them to be easy on your pastures, Cooney Coonies have that upturned nose, which is going to be easier on the pasture and help them actually graze. Did you say where did Cooney Coonies come from, Alist? You know, I was really actually wondering, where do Cooney Coonies come from? Well, did some reading on this. (laughs) Uh, They're a breed developed as we know it in New Zealand. Genetically, they've got some. They've got DNA from China, but the Cooney Cooney, as we know it, was New Zealand. Uh, <laughs> I have to read this description the, oh, of them. Oh yeah, they're small. Uh, they said they're highly distinctive, so remember that. Uh, physically, a short-legged, dumpy build, pot tummy, short upturned nose, and a generally fat, roundabout appearance. It's pretty much like. A description you never want to hear about yourself. <laughs> Dumpy appearance. Dumpy build, <laughs> short leg, upturned nose, and, and a generally fat, roundabout appearance. But it's it but makes it's a pretty super accurate. cute pig, though. Super cute pig. Yeah. Easy on pastures because the nose is turned up, so they're not like the, the bigger pigs. <laughs> you see that graphic? <laughs> is They don't have that long, like, shovel nose. Yeah, yeah. They're... Uh, it says the great value of this little pig is it grazes and fattens on grass alone, needing only to be fed during the winter months. They're not recommended to be kept in a, in a barn and fed grain because they'll get too fat and grow slower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is ironic that they will actually grow slower if you feed them too much. And we got a lot of warnings early on from Cooney Cooney enthusiasts who were watching us as we transitioned from pink pigs to Cooney Coonies. I brought out my big pig feeder with the big tower on it that I used to fill up to the top for the pink pigs. And people were emailing me, no, <laughs> they're just going to be a blubber ball. Yeah, some will say that like eyes would pop out, right? Yeah, like, eyelids so would flip. Fat. Yeah. So totally like different kind of animal. Here's the thing. There's some really good things about the Cooney Cooney. We've been yeah. able to taste the meat. And the meat's delicious. Awesome flavor. Their temperament is wonderful. Very, very All, nice temperament. Now, not every animal is going to be Wonderful, but like... Ready? Temperament-wise, this is a quote. Every animal will be wonderful. Temperament-wise, they are delightful. I would call them delightful. Being placid, very friendly, and easy to maintain. When they talk, so feeding... They they sound like me. 
for your your family food scraps, that could be all your Cooney Cooney needs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just hit. <laughs> Don't forget, guys. He is delightful. <laughs> Uh, he's got a, and you can just a, feed me scraps. A generally, I'm not a generally fat roundabout appearance, <laughs> but you are delightful. Lately, winter's been hard on me. I, I was meant your hair. Everyone oh, yeah. talked about your hair. It's the big floof. The roundabout appearance. Now <laughs> <laughs> mm. stop. And it ta- with all they need for shelter, it says a small shed or a drum to shelter. They are very. Easy. They're very hardy. That was another thing they, they really liked fur, about. They get fur, like yeah. this fur on them, super thick during the winter. And that is also, as a homesteader versus, you know, a commercial, even a small farm, your shelters might not be up to snuff for a big pink piggy over winter. We've had big pink piggies, and they can get pneumonia easier than one of these hardier, furrier breeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, you have good temperament, they're hardy, they're small and easy on a pasture. They can get a lot of their build from foraging and from being outside. Of If if I were, if you're a new homesteader and you've done your chickens, your meat birds, and you're ready to move on to the next one, if, if I could give a recommendation between, say, goats or cooney cooney pigs, I would say, what would you say? Oh, pigs every single... Did you have to ask me? See, I recommend goats with reservations because health-wise, they're they're tricky. I would never recommend goats ever. ever. <laughs> but that's pretty well known. But these these little pigs My have been... At me, these yeah. little pigs have been a joy, really. I've really enjoyed having them. Yeah. Even the boar is a gentleman. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> he's got is. this like whiskery face and he's very calm around us. I find it's interesting. He'll actually... When the other IPP boar comes around, the two of them kind of scuffle, um, and yet he'll then know it's me mm. and be nice to me. He, like, never gets fresh with me. The Cooney Coonies are delightful. Yeah, they- The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, Almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. You really have been. They, we had two, so the, we had the three Cooney Cooney boars. We got them together. Somebody was trigger happy when he was <laughs> deciding how many boars to get. We got three. We butchered two. Oh, this was interesting. Uncut, so they yeah. hadn't been castrated yet. We butchered them and ate them the next day we tried it. And the meat really was delicious. They were yeah. about a year old. Uncut, which uncut. means, now, there are some people who will tell you boar taint is something that only certain people can taste. taste. I've never tasted boar taint. I don't know if I would. <sighs> Do you remember that That wild boar in Yes, Florida. it was not good. No, that might have... Yeah, I don't know. We, I did get a wild boar in Florida, obviously uncut. They don't go cutting themselves in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> just, 
last on a stick or something. They're like, I'd like to be more delicious for the humans. Let's just <laughs> take care of these. And uh, he had a funk. And now yes, we didn't know how good. to handle wild boar. We no. never cooked it up. It was like a total, we were very new at that. I was a new hunter, all around new stuff. But um, these guys, uncut, were delicious. And we've shared the meat with other people. And we've never had any problems. And that's a big deal if you're a homesteader because cutting pig day is not a fun day. Yeah, Austin has helped with that before. Yeah, and I've helped with pigs that were like a little too big for, like it should have been done weeks ago. <laughs> and the way the farmer did it, I should have had that clip. I have it somewhere have it on somewhere, a phone yeah. somewhere. Like, oh man, it was we were real new with pigs and I wanted to learn everything. So I always tell people like, meet a farmer who's doing it, offer to help, right? He was like, sure, you can help on cutting day. All right, I got to know how to do this. So we took those, they were Tamworth pigs, and they were probably at the time about this big. And if you've ever handled a, a pig about that size, you know, they're just like a bicep <laughs> that's been shot with adrenaline. They're just all muscle, like my biceps. <laughs> and they're just shaking around, shaking, wee, 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 wee. And so, so we had to- Screaming. We put them up in this thing that held them, and then he did the cut. And they're screaming, and then you're gonna wrestle them down. And the amazing thing is, the minute they hit the ground, they're like, "Oh, they're fine." Pew. Yeah, they're fine. But that was enough for me to say, "Yeah, I'm never going to breed pigs." <laughs> and here we are. See what here I said are. about saying never? You shouldn't. That's no. a, that's a good lesson. The cons. I, of well, the fact that you might not have to cut them—that's a huge, huge deal. So maybe try it out yourself before. Try some uncut cooney pork if possible. But for us, totally good. They're not perfect. Mm. They're not so there perfect. are cons. Yeah, there are cons. And this is one of the reasons we decided to maybe also try out an IPP. So first off, they are, because by nature, they're very slow growers. They're little, little pigs. Yeah, that's what they're bred for. It's almost they're, not they're fair not to, bred to call to be it a huge. Con. Yeah, it's, it's why... It's why you would have them, right? Because you yeah. don't want this huge input. It's like having a mini jersey versus a whole thing. And then stain. saying like, oh man, the you, con is mini Yeah, you don't small. want, if you don't want so much milk, then get your mini jersey or a smaller jersey. You also won't have to feed them that much if they're, if that's what they've been bred for. Yeah, yeah. But there is but, a lot of fat. Yeah. It, the fat on those pork chops, this was the fat. This is the pork chop. If you're trying to feed your family like a lot of pork, the family's big. They're not a great fit for that. And when you butcher it, everything's little. But so delicious. Very delicious. But your pork chop is like a lollipop. But it's a delicious meat lollipop. So what's there's nothing You know, wrong if you're that. trying to eat less, less meat, right? Yeah. Fill your um, plate with veggies and a little pork. Now, that could actually be a pro on the butcher day. Because the fact that you can throw a pig over your shoulder, you know, a lot of people think of the potbelly pig as like this little cute pig that's supposed to be a pet. The reason the potbelly pig was created, why people bred a pig that size, is so over in Vietnam, where the potbelly pig's from. Better fact check me, somebody. So, yeah. Wherever he's from. Yeah. Uh, people could throw the pig over their shoulder to take to market. It's easy to carry. So, um, you know, on butcher day, not having a huge pig, especially your first time through on a big yes. pig, that's a good thing. But overall, the con is you will get much less meat. It does take a long, long time, so you're going to have to winter those pigs. Yeah, about a year. And that can be a game changer. I would not suggest starting with a pig you have to winter. It's the water issue. Yeah. That's why we say that, because they're 
notorious for flipping water buckets, and yeah. they are harder. It's really hard to keep if, the water. If you have to haul the water to the pigs, you'll be cursing them out in winter. Uh, in our interview over at Mouse Creek Farm, there's a really good tip about winter water. And by the way, that whole entire interview, uh, the Homesteady Pioneers are going to get access to the in-depth, full-length interview of that. Link below for that. But we also will have a YouTube version coming out with a, more than what you saw today, so stay tuned for that. Um, but anyway, yeah, so they grow slower, which means you will have to winter them. The way we view the coonies is they're like an awesome little waste management system. I think they're fantastic for that. Yeah, because you can feed uh, them your table scraps. Yeah, everything you don't eat. Your produce, eggshells, goes to the pigs, and they eat it all. We butcher a lot of animals. Uh, we're hunters, so by nature there's a lot of byproduct and trimming meat and that sort of thing. You can't feed that to most of your farm animals. You can feed it to chickens. You can try, but chickens will leave a lot behind. They'll leave a lot behind. Pigs with those chompers, they will grind up. You can throw them a whole rib cage and like with all the rib meat that you weren't able to get, and they'll rip those ribs and chomp them up and just... Yeah, or chickens, chicken carcasses after your butcher day. Yeah, it's incredible Chicks what they can... Chicks that die. Yeah. So as long as it's not like a disease thing. Or right. But the point is your, your homesteads produce a lot of waste, and they're a great way to turn that into something valuable. They do grow slow. They are expensive. They're super expensive. Ours are not registered. If you want registered, it's even more expensive. They'll, they'll be more expensive than a pink pig you get out there or... Mm. You know, Berkshire. I was blown away by how much money Cooney Coonies. A registered Cooney Cooney can be like a thousand dollars. And that's, and I know we have like really expensive livestock too. I was just surprised because for registered other pigs, I've not seen those kind of numbers. Uh, Cooney Coonies, very expensive for registered ones. So we didn't decide to get registered Coonies at now, the time. That could be a pro to getting them for you if you feel like getting into breeding superior livestock there right. is a market out there for that right yeah. now and we even really, as pets people will get the cooney cooney as pets we usually do buy registered animals we the reason we didn't with the cooney first off it was covid mm -hmm. and we were like we need pigs like now where can we get the pigs <laughs> we just need them what do you got sure whatever okay get them um we just wanted to have pigs and second we figured we're really not good Marketers of our animals. Yeah, we have a hard time getting what the animal should get because usually I'm in charge. Because usually it's it, my fault. <laughs> <laughs> one of us here is good at marketing, and so I'm like ready to one of sell us them. A really good farm girl. Like, I will sell them for fifty dollars. <laughs> I was like, "What are you She's doing?" She's like, "Oh, but it's a good home. That'll just cover the paperwork, um, which is a nice thing. It's a nice it's a thing." Good thing. We like our coonies. Yeah. We're going to keep them for a few years at least. Yeah. Do so some breeding. and We're not looking to like be a coonie breeder for a bunch of people. We just wanted to have a little thing. The IPPs, now we came into with a different mindset. Um, Austin came into with a different mindset. Yeah, because after having the coonies for a while, uh, again, I realized there's a lot of pros, a lot of nice things about them, but they're really not a great fit for most homesteaders who are looking to get more meat and don't want to spend a lot of money on the little pig. Our family is bigger, so we could use a pig with more yield. Yeah, plus we have our our old pig customers. Your parents always bought a pig from us. My parents always bought a pig from us. They're all like out of pork for years now, like, hey, you're gonna have any more pigs? So we'd like to be able to have some for our old, you know, core customers. <laughs> um, our family. Basically family, yeah, <laughs> nobody else. Sorry, back in Connecticut, can't, 
I'm not going to ship it over state lines. But, um, yeah, so we started thinking, you know what, maybe we could find another option. And at the same time, we were kind of looking into, you know, what other options are out there? What kind of pigs would be good? Should we go back to the big pink pig? Still wanting to have pigs. I still wanted to be able to have them on the pasture. Yeah. Because we do have so much here. And again, unfortunately, we just don't have a lot of woods to sacrifice area. So whatever we put out there has got to be able to um, m not ruin the pasture. And we'll talk in a minute here about... That's why. Yeah, we'll talk in a minute about just the idea of like pasturing pigs and what to expect. But we stumbled upon the Idaho pastured pig. You may remember we interviewed Kirsten from Mouse Creek Farm last year. You can check that interview out here on YouTube. It's a fantastic interview. I forgot to link to the interview, but you can check out Mouse Creek Farm in the links below. Idaho pasture pigs, ready? Idaho pasture pigs are a smaller homesteading pig with an even temperament that do well on pasture with little grain and minimal rooting. Meat is well marbled with excellent flavor. I did get to see some of the meat and it looked very well marbled. That was beautiful. Birth to finish on grain, six months. Birth to finish on pasture, approximately nine months. Oh, look at them. Those piglets <laughs> yeah, they're are super so cute. cute. I do like this IPP yeah. is a cross that is now a breed between Berkshire for the meat quality, the Duroc for the mothering ability, and Cooney Cooney for small yeah. grazing with great temperament. Great temperament. <laughs> They're delightful. <laughs> delightful. Perfect for small farms and have excellent meat quality. So they're really a nice homesteader option. They get that, and this is part of the breed standard that you're looking for if you are breeding or looking to buy. They need to have that short upturned nose. Right. That's what makes them be able to eat the grass in your pasture. Now they're a newer breed, mm -hmm. so by nature they're a newer breed and they're actually three breeds combined. So yes, uh, not yesterday, Saturday when we were talking about this, um, Kirsten was telling me that, you know, you be will like still throwbacks, genetic yeah. throwbacks. It's like we we bred our mini jersey to a mini jersey, but there was a throwback to a mid-sized jersey, so she had a mid-sized calf. Yeah. That will happen with these pigs. Yeah. So I would really suggest, and this is one of the reasons when we went for the IPP, we decided to go with a registered animal. Because you're getting the breed standard that that is why you're buying this pig. Yeah. And a good breeder whose reputation is on the line, who wants to be known as like a valuable source, if something's wrong with your pig that's a, a breeding problem, not like you didn't feed it right or something, or you know, you let like it Like the nose hurt. is too long. If the nose is too long, if the feet are weird, a good breeder is gonna make that right. So when it comes to buying- And they'll say, don't use that pig for breeding. That'll be a yeah. feeder. Now, if you're if you're buying them for feeder pigs, yeah. it's not gonna matter if their nose is a little long, it's, you know, you're gonna eat it in six to nine months. I did appreciate that little tidbit on this uh, Mouse Creek Farm pamphlet here. The difference in raising them on pasture or grain raising them. So obviously, any pig can be fed well, I don't want to say any pig. The cooney coonies are going to become fat balls. But an IPP can be finished just, you know, fed just grain like your big pink piggies can too. And let's let's be honest. Any pig you let out onto a pasture loves well, the pasture. Yeah, they love it. They're going to munch up on the grass. The weeds, the grubs, anything, yeah. anything they can find. So when you're looking for, when you hear the word pastured pig, uh, this is one of those things that people get like so angry about. They'll argue maybe. No. 
Yeah, it's shocking the homestead world. People argue about no. things. When you hear the idea of like a pastured pig and you're thinking about raising a pastured pig, you should not go into it thinking I'm going to get a cow that produces bacon. <laughs> that is We're we're shooting for it. We'll we'll try. <laughs> that one in that picture looks like it's got, you know, a lot of milk. It almost is cow quality Just there. milk that sow out. Yeah, if we could get her on this on the stand. You're not going to be able to take an IPP and put it out in your yard and never feed it anything other than grass and have a healthy animal. That's not what you're getting when you go to get a pastured pig. What you're getting is an animal that is not going to destroy your pastures, that's going to be bred for certain qualities that will be good out on the pasture. For example, the nice thick hide, the furry warm hide. Your big pink pig is going to be too cold on some of those windy cold days. Whereas the more heritage breeds with the thicker hair, they're going to be healthier on that pasture. These ones aren't going to be so hard on the pasture. And turned nose. Yeah. And Kirsten talked about she's been monitoring the feed. And they will need less feed from, you know, your feed mill. But a higher pasture. mineral mix. Yeah. And Kirsten goes into this in our interview, the one we already did. And she goes into it in the interview that's going to come out too. Uh, but basically... It's like any livestock. Yeah. You, they still need care. We yeah. can't throw the cows out into the field and expect them to be great because our field is deficient in some things. Yeah. It's the same thing with the pigs. You can't throw them on grass and expect that everything's going to be perfect. And pigs are not ruminants, so they're not designed to turn just the grass and the weeds out there into all the protein you want from your pig. So Kirsten supplements with a... She's like... Again, her contacts in the turkey grower world, she's got a custom-made feed. And when you buy your pig from her, she gives you a pamphlet with all the information on your custom feed and all that stuff. So I, we had a great time at Kirsten's Farm. Uh, if you're thinking about going the pig route, yeah, uh, we wanted to read you a little excerpt from a book, Raising Pigs on Green Pastures. Uh, so this is a book that was sent to us by the author, Jody Cronauer, maybe, Jody. but the link's below. Uh, she's very involved in the IPP world. Uh, here's that pretty book. You can see that pretty book. Maybe I'll hold it in front of that one. Can we get a nice shot of that book? There we go. Raising Pigs on Green Pastures. Uh, so I've just started it. Um, really, really nice. Just so rich in information, this book. This is going to take me a while to get through because it's like a a well-written, excitingly... It, it, it's not a dictionary, but it's so rich with information. It's like going to take me a while to just go through with a highlighter. Actually, Kirsten said that. She said, I started reading it, and then I said, uh-oh, i got to go get a highlighter. <laughs> Jody is actually... They used to live in Pennsylvania, and now they moved out west. They raised bison, pigs. She's got some gypsy vanner horses, one of my favorite types of horses. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of experience experience with different breeds, different animals, and I love the message here. If if you're in the chat box and you're like, these pasture pigs are crazy, they're no one should get them, or if you're in the chat box and you're like, cooney coonies are the best thing ever, <laughs> IPPs are the worst. Whatever you feel, listen to this. This is I just thought such a nice way of picking. When considering uh, your pig, you're going to need to determine what the primary goal is for pigs on your farm. An example is the cooney cooney pig. The Cooney Cooney pigs are naturally a slower-growing pig. If your primary goal is to have a quick-growing meat pig, then you will potentially be disappointed if this is the breed of pig you choose to start your meat operation. Cooney Cooney pigs are fantastic in many ways, 
and may be exactly what you're looking to add to your farm as a meat pig, but it is always best to look at the pros and cons of the breed before making an important decision. For each breed, there is normally a set of breed standards. Those standards may vary slightly, but the general confirmation per breed is set by their own breed standards. For a pig to be able to graze the grass properly, the snout has to be shorter and upturned to allow the pig to get physically to get to eat the grass. If a pig has a long straight snout, the ability of that pig to be able to graze is greatly diminished. We personally raise Idaho pastured pigs, so I'm going to use them as my next example. The proper confirmation for an Idaho pastured pig is a shorter upturned snout. Not every breeding quality piglet has the same snout. There's definitely some variation, but whether the snout is nice and short or a bit longer, it should always be upturned at the tip and not be extremely long. The snout also needs to be uniform all the way down to the tip. Snouts that are narrow too much and too quickly are not ideal for breeding quality Idaho pastured piglets. As for body conformation, you will again follow the breed standards for the breeds you choose. Some breeds, like longer, leaner pigs, without a whole lot of bulk in their shoulders and butt regions, uh, other breeds will be most, cons most concerned with other breeders, other they breeds. Like, they like that in the, uh, the, in kids the are uh, box over there about the butt regions. <laughs> they like the butt region you mentioned. Um, well, they'll like well, this, too. Well, that sounds too. like you. Other <laughs> breeds will be... Most concerned with nicely rounded buttocks. There we go. <laughs> That's why I picked you. There you go. You wouldn't be right for everyone, but you're right for me. <laughs> you Can you actually get me to blush? I didn't know it's possible, but you might. You, you might are. just do it. The last sentence here I think drives it home. There are no right or wrong breeds. Instead, there is just a right or wrong in what will work best for you and your farm. So just embrace it. Yeah. <laughs> just you... really figure out what you're looking for. Do you not want to deal with wallows or because that's what mm. every pig will do. They'll find a little wet spot and they'll make a little hole and you won't get grass there because they've ruined it. Do you not want to deal with that in your field? Then then don't. Keep them on a pad somewhere and, and feed them and cut grass and bring it to them. Or you don't mind and you can use your tractor and fix all those bare spots that you got and it's yeah. not a big deal. There's so many options out there. And if you're wondering what to expect, again, stay tuned for that video from Kirsten, uh, the tour we took. You'll see what her pastures look like. We got some good footage just so you know what to expect because, again, they're not cows. She And she was really great about like, you know, look, that's a dust bath. You're going to get those. <laughs> Uh, but what you're not right. going to get is the huge, you know, torn up big things that we oh, saw. Oh, they're so cute. And they are so cute. Look at just, that. They, yeah. I mean, they're a pretty pig. Yeah. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, 
have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. So Jody, who wrote the book, she is also going to be on our show in a few months. Yeah. And if you want to join live for that, we'll be doing that live with the Pioneers, that go. interview. Let so me show can, my uh, fingernails, too, because my kids Oh, they're so cute. So... If you they're wanna, as colorful as the pigs. If you want to check out Jody's book, we have a link below to her book. You can click the link and uh, purchase the book on Amazon. Um, uh, just something I want to say, books like this, uh, this book, I think about all John Siskovich's books uh, that we've shared in the past, they're, they're not your, you know, like $4 paperback that you get like a fiction book. They're usually a little bit more. It's been a while since I bought a book, I think. I don't $4, know if they, make they $4 don't make a $4 paperback anymore no um a book like this you're you're not just what i'm saying is you're not just buying a quick read what you're buying is like years of experience it is like an encyclopedia yeah but it reads better than an, it's not a boring <laughs> read but it's so much information that will take you years and so many mistakes that's that's important to remember like yeah. this is going to save you and i think she does say that in there Everyone makes mistakes. They've made mistakes that they talk about in the book, but hopefully this prevents you, this prevents us from making these yeah. same mistakes. And uh, this is not, like, sponsored. She just sent us the book. We didn't even know it was coming, so thank you, Jody, for sending it. I can't wait to dive into this. Um, we just already, looking through it, have been impressed by it. We're really excited to learn a lot more. And I know if you're going to make this part of your homestead, Whatever you spent, any books like this, John's books, the books that we uh, have talked about in the past on this channel, they are going to save you heartache, time, money, life. Uh, so they're just worth every penny. And we were fortunate we got that one sent to us. So thank you, Jody. That was great. And I do see in the comments people talking about pig breeds, other breeds that maybe they hadn't heard of. Mangalitsas, mm. got the Maishans. So yeah, there are a lot of cool pigs out there. What and does Jack raise? I forget what Jack has. Mindful Homestead Jack? Yeah. By the way, Jack's got a YouTube channel. If he's still around, are you still here, Jack? Um, go check out the Mindful Homestead. He's one of our mods, and Jack raises pigs. He had a he had a wild season with the pigs this year. Go check out his pig videos. You'll see the ups and downs of running a homestead business. And uh, uh, Speaking of wild pigs. Wild pigs. Did we want to talk about my... Oh my interaction goodness. With, yeah. with Mr. IPP Boar yeah. yesterday. Yeah, you did have a wild pig interaction. Do you want to show it? Uh, downsides of the IPP is they are bigger. Oh yeah. And ours is a teenager right now. So he's, he's constantly like, and it's spring. So the boars are, what did you call it? Tussling or 
Sparring. Yeah, you said something. It was right. a funny word you used. They're, they're fighting with each other. So we get in there, and I was separating the gilt from the, from the boars. And he, I was bending over, like lifting up a fence, and he reached up and grabbed and just bit me. And I was, I was shocked. No, oh, Austin yeah. said what, that I get emotional when I get hurt. Like, <laughs> it's like when you get bit by a pig <laughs> that you are not expecting at all. It's a very emotional experience. And for the first time, your volume on this podcast it's is loud just enough, perfect. Too loud. You're still emotional about this. <laughs> so emotional. <laughs> <laughs> I got bit by a pig. Thankfully, I wear long pants and generally long sleeves yeah. because I get cut a lot. So I had a long sleeve shirt on, and it didn't break the skin. Fortunately. But it did. I'm going to have a nasty bruise there, and it hurt. So we said before, the kids aren't allowed in with the pigs. Yeah. Unsupervised with us. We're always near them. But from now on, Austin is the uh, pig master on yeah, that side Kay's of the fence. Yeah, now is not allowed because he's a big guy, that, that IPP boar. And they do, you saw in the video, they get to be a pretty good size. The boars get big. nice thing is they did breed for that temperament. And this is one of the things I read in this uh, book here that Jody's got. She talks about qu breeding quality. A, a good breeder doesn't just breed every pair she's got. Say, you know, a good breeder doesn't say, well, you know what? I got these pigs. I got to use them. A good breeder will select the choice ones. And temperament is a big part of it. Uh, we were talking about mothering temperament. Yeah. And I, I said, are they good mothers? And Kirsten said they better be or they don't stick around. Good. So you, this is the kind of thing you want to look for in a potential breeder to buy your stock if from. If this is what we were all looking for, I feel like in every animal that we were breeding, yeah. whether it's goats or sheep, and really get... Sometimes if you're, if you're into show animals, you're calling for a different thing than you are yeah. a homestead animal. And if we could really like manage it, even for parasites, for... Yeah for hardiness, for good feet, I, you, it, the, you wouldn't get the um, some of the issues you have with, with animals nowadays. Yeah. Also, somebody needs to train his pig a little better. <laughs> and that's something we'll keep an eye on. Now, I know they can train pigs to sit. So next time, I want to see all your pigs sitting before we this feed them. This would be incredible. I, I should work on And I think you should do make it. Make YouTube gold. Um, sit. If... We'll watch them because Kay mentioned, you know, springtime, in with other boars, teenage years. There are reasons that he might have, you know, chomped down and he might not be a cull animal. Uh, no. He's good quality it, stock. When he, we go in there, we're going in to feed them. So yeah. his mind's thinking like, like all right, food he's time. messing with the other boys. So what we'll start doing now, as we get our fencing set up and our new paddocks and everything ready, everybody can have their own space. I learned some awesome stuff about how to feed them without having them tussle. Uh, from Kirsten, so stay tuned for that. Um, do you make them sit with no. the marshmallow? No, that's what they say to do. Use a marshmallow to train them. That work on me. <laughs> I'm very pig-like. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but you know, the, the the fact of the matter is, you want to if you're going to buy stock like that, support a breeder that's going through that quality of selection. Um, you know, if you're getting into it, purchasing that book is going to support a small homestead business. Small homestead businesses. Support them. Yeah, we've been we've been doing this show for for a while, and it's amazing. We've been to farms who run a farm business. We've been to homesteads who run a homestead business. It's fascinating how these people, the creativity that goes into making a product and advertising and really making a success, to 
maybe pay for what they're doing on their homestead to pay for the feed that they need for the pigs or the goats. I'm gonna ask you who are watching live, here is a green light, plug away. If you have a homestead business and you sell something, write down what you sell and go ahead and share your link to your, uh, your yeah, online it, store. Is it Etsy, is it Facebook? Yeah. Um, <laughs> halters, right? What, what the, oh, the, the way people we, yeah. think to to pay for their their hobbies, to pay for their homestead. And we really have over the years. We've purchased so many products. Think about our uh, our fly masks that we fly got masks, from yeah. um, Kirby. Kirby, right? Kirby got us the fly masks, and she's got cows. a homestead. She's got cows. Yep. Creative ways where maybe the meat product or the eggs, and we've done that a million times, you can't make money off the eggs, but how can you make your homestead business Elaine successful? Elaine with the alpacas did the, um, what did she do? She started with just oh, dryer balls. Dryer balls with the alpaca fiber. Because uh, yeah. it took so long to get the alpaca fiber to be turned into a, like a nice beanie, a nice homesteady beanie. Um, so she started making dryer balls. And the uh, ROI on those was huge because it was, you know, she could just make the thing and bloop, and it's like $3, but the cost, it was scrap. So she was able to turn scrap into something she could make money on. Yeah, I was thinking goat's milk. Because in oh, some states, selling your product is really almost impossible as a food source for humans. Yeah. So here, hold that. Oh, yeah. So we have our, our goat, one of our goat mentors sent us these... Goat. Nice. So if everybody remembers where we got Gizmo from, the farm where we got her from, I remember walking onto that farm. We were picking up a goat for my aunt, a buck, and I saw her little goats, her kids, and I said to Austin, that is the most hmm. beautiful little goat I've ever seen. Yeah. And we came home with that little goat, and Valerie just started doing a, a goat milk soap business, which is really cool, and the stuff she sent... I open this one? Yeah, open it up. Ooh. Oh. Put mine out of the way. Go ahead, pull it out and talk about it. Ooh, it smells. Ooh, it so smells nice. nice. Yeah, this is a lavender. So she does her soap, all homemade. Uh, super. Uh, so I appreciate the stuff like this. Kay's, like, well, I always like the marketing stuff. Yes, like, I, like, I get impressed. I like by the way it smells and yeah. works. <laughs> and I like the fact that, like, oh, there's a QR code, and when you scan it, it will probably bring you to watch it. I'm gonna scan it right now while you're doing that and see where it brings me. This, the kid said, this is cruel. So be cruel to your children and buy little soap <laughs> cup, cupcakes. <laughs> <They're laughing. laughs> we need a, a cam on them for their I know. reactions. And these are chocolate little soap cupcakes. Now Valerie started doing. Uh, her homestead stuff when her kids were little because they had allergies and intolerances, a lot like our son. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you, you realize that. And then she's got the goats for the milk. She started her own goat milk soap business. She does candles. And they're beautiful. And they smell. I'm, I'm really particular about smells. We talked about that when we talked about the other soaps. Yes. Something too strong or yeah. fake, I don't like. But her stuff, this is a... White sage and lavender. Her stuff smells really nice. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and not too strong, not too artificial smelling. And it's beautiful. Wow. So it would be a really nice gift. When I opened this, I thought the way she has it packaged, it would be a beautiful gift to order for somebody. This is like, uh, you to know, if you're going to try to make your homestead profitable, uh, there's a lot of lessons that you can learn from 
we've been really fortunate, like Kay said, we've been able to see so many different little homesteads, so many different little farm, family farms, trying to make things profitable. And by nature of doing the show, we've been able to interview them and ask like really good, like, are you actually profitable? Right. Are you actually, because it's one thing to see somebody at the farmer's market with a long line and oh man, they sold out of farm fresh eggs. A lot of people are losing money on farm fresh eggs. So it doesn't mean anything if they have a long line. So being able to interview people and say, you know, is this working? How is this working? What matters? And I see when I open this up, from like Valerie, the the time she's taken in the the packaging, right? Yes, she's beautiful. got logos, and she's got this little uh, <laughs> confetti stuff. You like that? The blue paper and the smell and the thank you with the nice personal touch. With the and with the ingredients this. right here. The if you're baby. gonna do this, <laughs> if you're gonna try to make money homesteading, this right here, I love this. Your next order, 10% off. So she's already getting you to come back, giving you a good reason to come back. There's so many good, good like things here, in addition to the nice product, right, which is important. Right, the good product. She's got her coconut oil, olive oil. It's everything you know. It smells great. Yeah. So uh, if you are interested in Valerie's products, we have a link below. Again, not sponsored, just a friend of ours sent us. Yeah, but she loves her goats. She really loves her goats. And uh, Alay Handmade Naturals. Yeah. Awesome, awesome goats. Really cool family story. And the kids are dying. I, I was waiting to, to do the unboxing. The kids are dying for me to open these. She says they have <laughs> the uh, the double butter and the frosting, so it's extra. Um, so what do you do with that? You put it in the bathtub? It's soap. You just, like, scrub it on yourself? I would imagine. Look at that. Can't wait to open them. Look at that. So link below for uh, that uh, if you want to check out all those products, cool stuff from a homestead that you've actually seen here on the channel. And that happens from time to time. A lot of yeah. times we wind up with working with, you know, different homesteads and things. I saw Farmer Brad in here. Like, what a better example. Go check out Farmer Brad's channel. What a better example of a guy who's homesteading, got his side hustles uh, from the homestead. He's got the YouTube channel. He's got product he sells, automatic waterers for chickens. If you have a setup in your barn where you want to, you know, put a chicken waterer and connect it to a hose, if you got that setup and you can leave it on, automatic waterers. They refill automatically. Your chickens never run out of water. Super cool products Farmer Brad's got, and he's a really, really good guy. Cool YouTube channel. Here's another one. They're growing flowers. That always amazes me at the farmer's oh market, goodness. what you can see. Almost every person leaving the farmer mar farmer's market is coming away with is flowers. And you want to talk about a line. Cut flowers. Oh, yeah, it's huge. Coffee, coffee and flowers. coffee and flowers. <laughs> Those are the two longest maybe lines Maybe donuts is the third one, right? Yeah. Welcome to the farmer's market. Yeah. You're here for your coffee. <laughs> coffee, donuts, <laughs> and your donuts, and your flowers, flowers. Which cut flowers. That's a great idea. Um, yeah, what else do you see? What else are people sharing that they uh, grow? Share your links. Go ahead. If you got a website, let us know. And if you're watching this later... Go ahead and put it in the chat box oh, below. Oh, what a great idea, Leslie. Shiitake logs. Ooh, cool. Lots of honey and eggs. Honey's another great one. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I was talking about this uh, when we were touring the farm the other day with Kirsten because she sells her pigs, and she's had a homestead for many, many years, the family homestead there, and she's gotten into the pigs in the last more recent years, and we were talking about this goal of you know making your homestead profitable. And it is something that most of the time, I think it takes a long time. A long time. I know for us, for years, we were trying to sell chicken and chicken eggs and then pork. And and over time, you start to learn different things and improve in different ways. But it did take us a while. Because there's that joke. Mm. 
How do you make a small fortune farming? Start with a big one. Start with a big one. <laughs> because the infrastructure oh, is, is, you're talking about animals, so they need feed, they need veterinary, they need, then your infrastructure, they broke your fence, time to put up new fencing. And yeah, you generally true. don't start with top of the line everything, so you're replacing every year. And it's hard to make money on your homestead. Yeah. A good goal is to start, you know, wanting to pay for, maybe just let's sell eggs to pay for the chicken's feed. You know, I think the, that's the perfect one. Start with just covering costs, hmm. not even your time. You know, if you're running an actual business and you're starting a business, you know, that's a different thing. But like, if you're just trying to do the homestead side hustle thing and you want to make a little bit from it, make it the goal to cover your costs. Yeah, start with that. People get a little overwhelmed at first, like, well, how do I factor in my time? And what is my time worth? And Are you already doing it? Yeah. If you're enjoying your life on your homestead at that level, just try to cover costs. That's the first step in the pathway. Because for a lot of us, it, it is a hobby. It is something we do to feel good, to get us outside, for, for just to push us out of the house, to give us a purpose, plus have the farm fresh food that we want for our families. Yeah. It's like golfing, right? Are you going to go out and <laughs> golf and worry about like, but, and am, I, am I getting compensated for my time here? Well, if you're, you're out doing something you love. Pay to go golfing. Yeah. Now you're definitely going to pay to start homesteading, but over time, maybe you can cover your That's costs. That's why we always say do what you love. Yeah. And if it starts to be something that you don't love, like are you sick of rabbits? You don't like the rabbit meat? You hate butchering the rabbits? You are tired of paying for rabbit feed? Stop doing rabbits. Yeah. Once you get to that level, then you can start to think about what's my time worth. Especially at that point if you see something that works. For us, it was pigs. Chickens didn't work. Eggs didn't work. Meat chickens definitely didn't. They're great, like, get people to the homestead to pick yeah. up eggs. And while you're there, show them pigs, talk yeah. about pork. But pork, we actually were able to not only cover our cost, but we were actually able to start profiting and that covers your time. So the first goal is cover your cost. Next, start getting to the point where you can actually cover your time. Yeah, it won't happen the first year though. No, and it will, it, for different product, different people, it could take m many more years. Once you get to that level, then you, where you're actually profiting, you have some region of your homestead that's, that's paying for itself, you start to replicate and maybe maybe growing that section of the homestead. Back in Connecticut, we didn't grow most of our homestead stuff to scale, but the pigs, we did because they were profitable. Mm -hmm. So we didn't get more chickens. We didn't get more meat chickens. We didn't get more egg layers. We definitely didn't get more goats. But we, we doubled <laughs> and then doubled. Well, <laughs> we went up and down with goats. Yeah. But we doubled and doubled and doubled on pigs because it was working. It and was profitable. you enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I've always loved having the pigs. Then you come to this point of, are you forever going to have a side hustle? Or is there a path towards this being something more? And I liked what Kirsten was talking about. Her goal is, you know what? When I retire, I want to have something to do that, you know, is, is not costing her. For some people, that may be what it always is. What, always costing them? No, for some people, the end goal might just be wanna... just something to do that they love. It pays for itself. That pays for itself and maybe, you know, it's not allows them goal. to reinvest. I, I think that's a nice goal. Yeah. Other people might see, you know what, if I keep going on this and maybe add a few more things, I could find a path to even one of a, a couple that being what they do. We see that in a lot of people we've interviewed. One person in a couple has, you know, benefits, Right. Medical. Uh, they got the 
the salary at the job, and then the other one stays home, gets to do the farm, maybe they stay at home with the kids and homeschool. Another awesome goal. And then still further from that, some people get to the point, like we've been very, very fortunate where our homestead business has led to this point, where we both get to work from home all the time. So we, uh, I, for the last six months, have been putting together a brand new course, homesteady course. It's called the Make Money Homesteading Course. We launched it to the Homesteady Pioneers because we wanted to do a beta test on it. And the Homesteady Pioneers, it sold out in a weekend. So it, you can't take it right now. But there is a link below. If you want to get on the waiting list, the next time we open up for the next round of people to take the Make Money Homesteading Course, basically what I've done is laid out our path from selling farm fresh eggs to being full-time making a living from our homestead kind of like the process that we took and hopefully it will help speed up your process so if anybody's interested in that waiting list is in the links below and the next time we open up registration i'll let you know uh, but it is whatever you do even if it's just covering your costs i think there's something that's so i mean you look back at homesteaders from from the very beginning of the homesteading movement Think about Little House on the Prairie. Hmm. Pa was always, he always had something going on. Always a side hustle. Always. <laughs> Whether it was selling something, working for a guy, you know, helping harvest Bill, the wheat. Bill, yeah, carpentry. He had a lot of different skills and a lot of different products, and he was always doing something. And I think at the core of us homesteaders, there's, there's those of us who uh, love the animals and want them to go to the good home. Is that me? And that's a great thing. And then there's those of us who want to make joy. a living from it. And there's and when we can meet in the middle, when we come together. Yeah, it's a beautiful. Hopefully, we'll have something that pays for itself <laughs> someday because it brings us joy. Yeah, like those goats we're getting someday again. Do the chicken tractors bring you joy? Yes. Now they do. They do. We were big, big uh, change on the farm this week. We moved everybody outside. We got so nice the chickens little... went outside. We needed the stall for the piglet, so chickens were ready, feathered enough. Warm weather, they're out, out in the field. So let's enjoy moving chickens outside. These chicks get stinky very quickly, so there's a lot of cleaning that happens. You'll even notice when they're in the chicken tractor, you have to move them daily because there's so much chicken poo. Uh, but inside, it's hard to keep up with them. They're big, pooping a lot. It's time to go outside. Coming through. Mm -hmm. Men at work.
Oh man. That's a good feeling. So bright. That is a great feeling. When you see them in the chicken tractor, clean, green, oh, yeah. walking around. It's such a nice, that's another reason to get them on grass. It just looks so nice. Yeah, it, there's such a difference. In, in the barn, their poop is a waste product. Now we can put it in the compost pile and you know put it in the gardens later, but we need to manage it. Out here. They manage it themselves. Their poop is adding nitrogen to it's our huge. pasture. <laughs> They look like duck, these corners, their poops are so big. <laughs> they, that's, they're just like waste producing machines, which is great if you got them out here. Oh yeah. Yay! Yay! Oh, that was so cute. Everyone you pulled off that, the back of the gator there and the baby, everyone's like, trying, like I want it, He's I like, give it. it to me. But they're not, they're fat, heavy chicks. You oh, can't yeah. hold them. No, they would and definitely you know, fall and, and flap. And... But he loved it. Oh man, yeah. If you have been intrigued by piggies and you are thinking about maybe getting some pigs and it's gonna be the first time. So all of you, of course. Yeah, everybody Everyone. wants pigs. No goats, all pigs. No goats, all pigs. Uh, Saturday, I'm going to be doing, I'm gonna be getting interviewed on another channel, Simon Says. I have a link below to their YouTube channel. They do goats, don't they? They have goats, they do goat soap. They're a homestead who is an awesome example of. Homestead business. Homestead business. I'm, they, they've been on our show in the past. Oh, they do the hot sauce too. They do the hot sauce, Very which good. their hot sauce breaks my heart. <laughs> I have learned, <laughs> they're watching right now like, what is what he about happened? to say? <laughs> what happened? Uh, it is in the most delicious hot sauce. Yeah, like a barbecue sauce. And you look at the ingredients and it's like pure, nice ingredients, really, really good. Uh, so you don't get that a lot with their sauces, right? You're, normally those things are loaded with the. They grow the peppers on their homestead that go into that hot sauce. They have this really, and it's available in stores. Like you can go to the supermarket, Big Y, my CT people, head down to Big Y, <laughs> get your roaster bird and get yourself some swanky sauce. Awesome stuff. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. So good, it breaks my heart because I have learned I can no longer eat peppers. It's got the diet of an 85-year-old right It's now. getting real bad. It's like gruel and prunes. <laughs> I can eat prunes and oatmeal. Real exciting. So it's about lunchtime. Time for us to head over for our prunes and oatmeal. <laughs> Together. Saturday, I'm going to be with Simon Says Farm on their channel, Talking Pigs. They're going to be, they're getting pigs for the first time, so it's going to be kind of like a 101 piggy fest. And uh, you're welcome That's to join. exciting. So you're the authority I'm for the them. Pig so you make them do whatever you want. I'm going to tell them, yes, just get cooney coonies all over that farm. Little coonies everywhere. So cute. That would be really, really cute. It would go well with their live goat cam. So they have, this is cool, they have like live nonstop cameras on the farm where you can watch the goats play. So maybe I'll uh, have our daughter just watch the goat cam instead of get Aww, a goat that'd herself. Be good what do you think, honey? Breeds, goat breeds. I saw so many people talking about them. La Manchas, Nigerians, oh, Chicos. Goat breeds. Goats. <gasps> goats. Well, I gotta go eat my prunes. <laughs> <laughs> Aust, out. <laughs> and your pepto. <laughs>